welcome to Jiminet, a podcast about knitting, spinning, dyeing, and other crafts in mid-America. Hi, I'm Sherry. And I'm Tamara. Thank you for listening. We're recording on December 14th, 2019, and today's episode is like germinate without an R. What are you working on there? I just cast on a pair of mittens. I actually made it here without anything to cast on or anything on the needles. I rummaged around the car. I have some brown sheep lamb's pride yarn and I have knitting needles in the wrong sizes and I think it won't matter because I have a basic mitten thing that I almost always do and I'm just going to see what happens. I'm knitting your bolero cow out of treasure goddess in the color ghost ship. It is fantastic. I'll be able to do four rows and then there'll be the cable twist and that row I might set it aside and just pick up some vanilla socks. Mm-hmm. That yarn is so pretty. I do have other current projects they are just not with me in the car. Do you have any other current things to talk about? I am knitting a cardigan with a swingy construction okay. made by a pleat in the back. And this I am doing um, on the needles and I'm making it up as I go. That's beautiful. It's a nice blue color. I can't really visualize. Oh, I see the pleat. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's a neat idea. And you don't have any other current projects, right? Well, I have like their current projects. They're not actually in the car with me for so I can't show them to you. But I have two things, two patterns that are ready to start test knitting current in my mind because I need to get them out there. Uh-huh. And um, one of them is my Salt River sweater. It's almost done with edits and it's ready to call for testers soon, like at the beginning of the year. It's got an asymmetric cable down the center front of it and I named it Salt River sweater because the Salt River Basin in Arizona has dry riverbeds that very much remind me of the cables that run down the front. Um, They only have water in them this time of year during the monsoon rains. And then the other one is my Lavinia shawlette, which is also just about ready to call for testers. And it's just a simple crescent shawl with a finished with a lacy Roman stripe at the bottom. And it uses up a whole ball of fingering weight yarn. Okay. Len, that is a good segue into introductions of us in the podcast. So let's go ahead and just start with why a podcast. I'm Sherry. I listen to podcasts all the time. It's my main form of entertainment. I still watch TV and movies, but not as much anymore. I watch podcasts when I am walking dogs, if I go to the gym, and when I am cleaning the house. So pretty much any time I'm up on my feet and I can have earbuds in my ears, I have a podcast going. And I listen to knitting podcasts. All those podcasters are my friends. Uh, Not literally, they don't know me, but I know them. But I keep on looking for podcasts that are local to me. I have not found very many, like almost zero. And so finally, I was like, you know what? I want to do it too. And that's where this comes in, the reason why this is on the air today. When it came to the names, I must be basic. I've shouldn't say that about myself. I must be. Because like my first hundred names were already being used by other podcasts or blogs or dentist office. I mean, they were out there. They had online presence. There was one night when I couldn't sleep and I was just going through the thesaurus. And I already knew what the podcast would going to be like. It was always going to be uh, myself and a, a another person talking because I knew I couldn't do it by myself. And all of my favorite podcasts to listen to are two people talking. 
I also knew that I wanted a weekly podcast, but I wouldn't be able to record every week. And that when I get talking about knitting, nobody can shut me up. So I decided to um, record a longer session and break it up into two parts. Two people, two parts, talk in pairs. I go to the thesaurus, I start looking and i looking, and several hours later, I come up with geminate. When it is uh, used as an adjective, it is to range in pairs, duplicate, or being a sequence of identical speech sounds. A banana has two ends in a row, and you say it on the first syllable and on the second syllable, and that's what it is. Beyond the name, let's talk about two people. I was very lucky that my good friend and excellent designer, Tamara, agreed to be a co-host. So she's going to be on with us as often as possible. And then sometimes I will get guest hosts to come in. Once in a while, we'll have a new voice. So I've introduced the podcast now. Now I'm going to introduce myself. I'm Sherry. I live in the Kansas City metro. I knit, I spin, and I take care of foster dogs. Those are the big things about me. The, my favorite thing about knitting is the yarn. Uh, my favorite thing about spinning is the yarn. My favorite thing about life is yarn. If I couldn't do any of this stuff anymore, I would still buy yarn. I would still squish the yarn I own. I pretty much knit to move it out of my house so I can bring more yarn in. The twist, the bounce, the drape, the smell, the colors, all of it is about yarn. I'm Tamara and I'm a knitwear designer, I'm also a knitter. I just love to knit. I'm a mom, I'm a hiker, I'm a traveler, I'm a reader, I'm a lot of things. I love yarn too, obviously, but more than that, I love the thought process of taking a project from the physical yarn and putting it on paper. I love the math needed to take um, something from one size to seven or eight sizes. And I, I know that sounds a little geeky, but I really don't mind. Most of my friends are engineers or computer programmers or board game players or science fiction fans, and I fit in there just fine. Whenever I'm not designing or knitting, I raise two boys. We travel whenever we can. Okay, now that introductions are taken care of, let's go back. You know what? I missed a current project. I missed it because we put in the back seat. Our recording studio is inside of a car because we found that gave the best sound quality. In the back seat, I also have um, Tea with Jam and Bread by Heidi Kiermeyer. And that is a beautiful pattern and I love it. But what is extra special about it is I am using Marisol yarn Sissa, which is an alpaca yarn. And this yarn is a project where they're supporting children um, in Puno through their education. There were these mountain children in the Peruvian highlands that were walking multiple hours a day to and from school. And they had the idea of building a boarding home next to the school so the children could live there Monday through Friday, uh, do the walk just uh, once a week and be home on the weekends with their parents. And uh, this yarn is supporting that home that hosts 50 students at this time. It's beautiful yarn. It's alpaca. 
I bought uh, two skeins of it as a gift and one for myself and I knit that one up and went back to the store and bought enough for a sweater and uh, they didn't have enough in one color I had to buy multiple colors and that's how I chose this project that is it for current projects have you finished anything recently um, I just have one right now. I just finished the winter birch sweater. It's going through its final edits. It's been to the tech editor and it's getting ready to release soon. Simple top-down cabled yoke and it's named winter birch because the cables look like the twisting limbs of birch trees after leaf drop in winter. And I made the sample sweater in my size, so it's a size large, just the way that my sizings go. And I'm excited to start wearing it because after a design goes from a sample where the pictures are taken and the pattern is actually printed and made into a PDF, that's when I can start to wear the sweaters as long as I'm careful with them. And so I'm really looking forward to wearing this. It's a cabled yoke and I don't normally make sweaters in that construction. I love knitting them, but I'm never sure of the fit on my body. Since I designed this one, I love the fit uh -huh. and I'm excited to wear this one. I like the cabled yokes, but I always have to modify them to fit my body too. Being a designer and being able to do that, that is so cool. I just finished the Sonoran cow, which happens to be your design too. You make beautiful cows. And Thank it you. is out of brown sheep prairie spun DK. I sized up to get the gauge for your cow, mm -hmm. and I now need to knit it again in a fatter yarn, I think. It's very drapey, but um, I've, I've, obviously I just need two of those. Also, a finished object, although I put it into the what I'm wearing category. Do you want to say what you've been wearing? Sure. I dug out my five college sweater from Kristen Hipsky. It's a pattern I knit years and years ago. It might, might have been the first sweater I ever knit. It's out of Lamb's Pride Worsted in the color Prairie Wire, Fire, um, and it's held up really well. I pulled that out the other day. Our house was cold, so I've been wearing that. Basic adult mittens, because I wear them all winter long. The Neve Cowl, which is also one of my patterns, but I made it out of a beautiful gold yarn for the Knitting by Curiously Glorious Gold Along, and so uh -huh. I've been wearing that. Um, and that one's out of Treasure Goddess, Her Worsted, and I, it's beautiful. And then I've been wearing something else. It's not knitting, but it's been the holiday season, so I've been wearing my holiday earrings. I only pull them out once a year, uh huh. and I've got, like, I've got quite a few. I've got bells, and I've got presents, and the bells actually make noise when I move, and I've got the metal Christmas balls, and I've got candy canes, and the other day I was wearing a pair, and they're big. They're, like, uh bigger than a plum metal uh -huh. Christmas balls on my ears. And my husband walked through the kitchen and said, good God, woman, you've got big <laughs> balls. And <laughs> the younger teenager kind of started to walk into the room as he was talking, and he just slowly backed away and went the other direction. But I've been wearing my earrings. What I've been wearing, the Winterberry by Jennifer Wood. It's a sweater. I'm going to pull this out to show it to you because I am so proud of it. Wow, that's beautiful. I love the sparkly. Yes. So the yarn is discontinued. Mm. I already mentioned I love yarn. I will watch a yarn at the yarn store for years. And when I buy regular yarn, it's as I need it for a project. I'll be watching a yarn for years. And then if it hits the clearance rack, I have a mental freak out 
And it's like, this is my last chance to get it because I've been, I've been dreaming about this yarn for a good long time. So then I'll snatch it all up on clearance, goes into my stash where then I can still dream on it again for years. So much of my yarn was discontinued three to five years ago. This one was just discontinued this summer. It went from the clearance rack to my needles uh, the second it got home. The pattern is a top-down raglan, but she does some amazing shaping with it. Down the front, there is cables that make twisted stitches and cables and baubles that make vines with berries hanging off of them. Mm -hmm. So that gives uh, increases. So it gives a bit of an A-line shape to the front. Then in the back, she has princess shaping with decreases and increases so it decreases down the back to tuck in the waist at the back and then it increases up at the hips all of the shaping is done along the back that fits my body shape perfectly mm -hmm. i'm very trim in back and a little bit round in front and something like this is so flattering um, jennifer the designer she messaged me on Ravelry. She thanked me for knitting it and said it turned out so well and thanked me for the pictures and how pretty they were. And I was too shy to reply back, but she made my day. Yeah, that's awesome. It's beautiful. And you know, I didn't think I liked the baubles. I didn't think I liked them in anything, but I love them in that sweater. It's beautiful. Yes. The neck curls, that's not the designer's fault. That's me. She has a, she has a something along the neck edge where I didn't understand what was going on, so I left it out. <laughs> and I was, I was many inches into this, inc uh, this cable when I realized she was making a non-curling edge and I'm not ripping it out and starting it over. So I have a slight curl along my neck. I edge. actually didn't notice it until you said. Yeah. It just looks like it's supposed to be there. It's, yeah. be it's beautiful. That's what I thought. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's it for what I am wearing. The topic of the show this time is our New Year's goals. It's 2020. So I made 20 goals, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to talk about five of them here. Okay. My first and most important goal is starting a podcast. Yay. I think Yay, I can cross that it. off my list. <laughs> The second is learn 12 new techniques. Considering that this podcast, we're going to feature a new technique that should work out too. This is two goals in one. I'm going to knit two sweaters out of hand spun. In 2019, I knit one sweater out of hand spun and I spun the yarn for about three sweaters. So that means that I'm falling behind and I love my uh, handspun sweater so much. So I just need more of those. I want to take a class from Judith McKenzie. That one, I've signed up and paid for it. So that's going to happen. That's exciting. Yes. See, my goals, I try to make them achievable. Mm -hmm. And then the last one, 20 hats in 2020. That one's going to be a stretch, but it just... It rolls off the tongue. So I did 15 hats in 2015. That's a lot just, of hats. It is. Well, this is more, yeah. but um, I'm, I'm going to do it. Those are my five goals. Okay. As far as my designs, being a designer, um, I actually use a chalkboard method of goal tracking. And I started using that a couple of years ago when I heard about it on a Being Boss podcast. And the idea is that you write your goals um, quarterly, so every three months on a big enough 
piece of paper or chalkboard if you have one or a dry erase board that they're big and they're bold and they're in a space that you will see them every day so that you um it's actually right there for me to see and i i can't explain why it works for me it's not magic it's so simple it seems almost silly but it really works and so um, the things that i put on my quarterly boards are things like how many pattern releases how many submissions how many blog posts and stuff like that and then i have a couple of more um less quarterly goals for being a designer um, one of them is a minimum of 12 new pattern designs in 2020 and another one is i'm in the middle of reformatting my older patterns right now and that was an idea that i got from a different being boss podcast and it motivated me to start doing that because they talked about putting the best product out that you could and i was listening to that podcast and thought okay i've got some patterns that i wrote when i was just starting out that don't follow the formatting that i like now or that don't include all the information that i know now and so I'm slowly going back through and reformatting and redoing all my old patterns. And I'm really happy about the consistency of it and bringing them up to my current standards. As far as just being a person, I have a couple of goals. One of them is about my health, uh, both mental and physical. I am a much happier person if I put my feet on the trail at least once a week. Mm-hmm. And it is very hard to carve out the time to do that. Um, as a mom and trying to be self-employed and a wife and a, I volunteer for stuff in the community, it feels almost selfish to take those, that you know, three hours, mm-hmm. you know, six or seven miles on the trail, three hours is a good guess, to take those hours a week and do it. But my goal for 2020 is to do that at least once a week because that's how I de-stress. It's how I get back outside and into mm-hmm. nature. It's how I stay pleasant. It's important. And so I'm going to work really hard on that. And then another one is kind of vague, but I'm choosing a word for 2020 instead of like a goal. Uh And that word, I'm going to try to work on community. One of those things is that I'm going to try to show up in more places where I'm with other people in my local community. Like I'm going to try to go to more basketball games and sit next to the other band parents. And I'm going to try to actually make it to more yoga classes um, and make it to the knitting group at the library. So I'm excited about that because I feel like as a mom and as um, a self-employed person working out of the house, community is something that I really miss. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this is an important thing to do. And it feels doable this year because I have teenagers. Like they're getting older and they've got more things to do that don't involve me. So this is a good time. Yeah. I think we're ready for our next segment, which is something new. Since this is our first podcast, we're going to be talking about cast-ons. I did the alternating knit pearl ribbed cast-on. So it's the same long tail cast-on that we always do, mm-hmm. but that you do um, flip your hand differently for pearl stitches. And I did a two by two rib. It's amazing. I can't believe I haven't done this sooner. Huh, I've never done it. So you liked it? I did. I did. It was, um, I just had to learn how to do it. And then it's like my hands already knew. Mm-hmm. So I will be using it all the time. For me, I almost exclusively use the long tail cast on. Uh-huh. I love it. It's attractive. It's firm, but it's elastic. It's durable. It works with a lot of different stitch patterns. And it's my, it's the one I almost always use. So almost any other cast on is new to me. Even if I've done it before, like I don't remember how to do it. I have to go get a book and uh-huh. look it up. 
Um, when we started talking about new cast-ons, I went and pulled this book that I got as a gift when I worked at the local um, yarn shop. Uh-huh. It's closed since then, but it was a nice gift. It's um, Cast-On and Bind-Off by Leslie Ann Bester, and I started looking through it. There's a lot of cast-ons I didn't know existed. Um, the one I ended up trying, sorry for the page flip, is the Cable Cast-On. And it's got a really firm edge, and I thought that would be a nice one to try because I've already got an elastic one that I mm-hmm. like, and so I tried this one. And, you know, a lot of times when you're trying to learn something new, you um, can't do it with things going on in the background, and we're actually going to talk about that later. But um, <laughs> this one wasn't a problem at all. It made sense from the beginning, and uh-huh. it, it really is a firm cast on. I brought a little tiny bit of it for you to see. Like, it's not going anywhere. Yes, that yeah. is non-stretchy. Stretchy bind-offs and non-stretchy bind-offs all have their place. Can you think of where you would want a firm cast-on? Not at the bottom of a shawl, because you want those to keep their uh-huh. shaping, and not at the bottom of a sweater, and not at mittens, and not at the bottom of a hat. Um, I don't know, blanket squares, for blanket sure. Blanket squares, yeah, that's a good point. And maybe the bottom of uh, scarves. Yeah. Not, not lace scarves, but actual winter scarfs where the edges flare out. Yeah, that'd be fine. Nothing you want to pull over your head, but anything that you do want some durable, um, and I think this would be great for blanket squares. I don't actually remember the last time I knit a blanket, but if I wanted something to hold its shape like that, I think that'd be great. And I was just thinking about the neckline because pulling it over your head's problematic, but there's so many sweater patterns out there that with a stretchy cast on, after I knit my size, the whole thing just completely falls off my body because the neckline's so big. Mm-hmm. So I go back in, or at least I tell myself I'm going to, I go back in and do a crocheted edging on it to remove stretch, especially around the back of my neck. I'm just thinking out loud here, but I could see that on a neckline when the sweaters start with more stitches. Yeah, uh-huh. when you're absolutely sure that it, it will fit over your head. Because yes. this isn't stretching. That's not right. going over. No, it needs to be those ones that are like... The off-the-shoulder hundred... 1980s flash pants. To, to, to the wider boat necks. Uh-huh. There's a lot of them out there right now. Yeah, they're pretty. I actually like those a lot. Uh, they, uh, My shoulders, my shoulder to my bust ratio, I just can step out of them <laughs> because, yeah, by the time they fit me, I could step into the bottom and pull them up. I'm always worried about the necklines. So we should probably move on to podcast announcements. So we have a Ravelry group. It's called Geminit Podcast. Come join us there. I'm going to open a thread for 20 hats in 2020 in case anybody wants to knit along. And then you can also follow us on Instagram at Geminit Podcast. So if we're going to have a board and a hats, it needs tags. So for the Ravelry, if you finish a project, a hat project, that you can tag it with um, GP20Hats2020 and the hashtag on Instagram, uh, hashtag GP20Hats2020. And then if you just want to do 20 of anything, it'll be hashtag gp 20 in 2020. Do you have anything? You mentioned some some of my cow patterns earlier, and I'm excited for you to start this podcast. I'm going to run a promotion on all of my cow patterns with the code Geminit Podcast for 25% off of all of my cow patterns through 
January 15th at midnight Central Standard Time. Just as a thank you for listening, and I'm excited that it started. That's okay, it. well, fantastic. Thank you for doing that. The way you spell Geminate is like germinate without the R, which is the reason of the title of this podcast. Uh, although if you're listening to this, you've already figured that out, because I'm sure that's how you found us. Is that it for announcements? I think so. And what comes up next is That's Entertainment. What have you been watching or listening to, reading, doing? Okay. We started the movie Grease. Uh-huh. Right? So whenever it's my husband's turn to pick a show, he has a list of movies that he has decided that our teenage boys should watch as part of their cultural heritage. I just said that with quotation marks because that's what he says every time. Part of their cultural heritage. And so some of the movies on his list are good and some are not so good. And some of them were never good to start with, right? Greece, actually, um, we watch the very beginning of it and it starts. Have you seen it for a long time? I've seen it on stage, but I've never seen the movie. Wow. Okay, so... Um, it starts with this weird animated cartoon okay, to the that. music. Uh-huh. And I spent the entire cartoon thinking, like, this has ruined it for the boys, for the whole movie. <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> um, but, you know, boy number one mentioned, we're a little bit further into it. They kept watching. Um, boy number one mentioned, he's the older one, and he mentioned that it's the only movie he's noticed where the cool kids are not the football players. And I thought, huh, that's a cultural difference for sure, because that didn't used to be a thing, but it is now. And boy number two is a little more discerning. So he's he's the younger one. He sat through it with a look on his face like, you people grew up <laughs> in the strangest time period. <laughs> and this is actually before our time, but I did watch it, you know, when I was younger. But um, he actually gave present to my husband, boy number two did, of a coupon that says, I will watch a terrible old movie without complaining. He gave him five of those and he's used three or four over the year. But I'm pretty sure he needs to use one for this movie to get through the rest of it. (laughs) And then, like, the other movies that have been on his list that we've watched for cultural heritage, I use the quotation marks again, was um, Demolition Man. And that one was still pretty good. It held up. And we had fun talking about the three shells. Soylent Green, that one needed a no-complaining coupon. Uh Uh-huh. That one is... um, Definitely a classic, but it does not move all that fast. Um, the first Terminator, yeah. which I remember being really good. Oh my god, it's awful! It didn't oh, hold up. It didn't hold up at I all. Still love it. I just watched all of them because the new uh, Terminator movies came out. I think it held up well. Really? But that's okay. Oh no, it was. I I was not a fan. Um, and then he's got a whole nother list. He's got a whole list of stuff that they're either have already watched or they're going to watch. So that's what we've been watching. As far as reading goes, I restarted the Maisie Dobbs series, uh-huh. and I must have read these when the boys were young, and and I was not getting enough sleep, because I don't remember what happens at all. I know I read them. I know I liked them. So when a friend mentioned them not too long ago, I thought, oh, I'm going to go check those out. And there's 14, maybe 15 of them now, and I'm certain I didn't read that many of them. But I don't know which ones I read and which ones I didn't, so I started back over at number one. 
Uh-huh. Um, she was a nurse in the First World War. She actually signed up. She was younger than the cutoff age, but she signed up and lied about it. And she was a nurse in the First World War. And these books are started in 1929. So like 10, 11 years after she was done with the war, she, there was an injury and stuff. Um, and she's starting a business as a private investigator. And uh-huh. I, I'm really enjoying them. I can't remember what happens, but I liked them the first time and I'm liking them this time. And then I read a book called Night's Reckoning by Elizabeth Hunter. It just recently came out. She writes like paranormal fiction. Um, and years ago, she started a series about vampires, um, the Elemental Mysteries novel. And I actually have a design or two named after characters in those novels. I love uh-huh. them. But this is like an offshoot of that with Ben and Tinson. And this is book three of the offshoot. And I really liked that. And I think I maybe just started a book club. Okay. And that ties into my community because I've thought for years that I would like to have a book club. Uh-huh. I would like to find a book club to go to. And all the ones I find are either uh, too far away or on a night I can't make it or a room full of people I don't know, which is terrifying. Um, I think I just started a book club with a friend locally. Um, and we're still in the planning process, but I'm pretty excited about that. Well, that's great. I think that's it for me. I didn't have movies on my list, but they're being added now. I watched the most recent Terminator. Since I'm not prepared, I don't remember the name of it. It is directed by the original director. So he directed the first two, and then it got passed off to the other ones. So this one happens right after number two, and it definitely has the flavor of the first two. And it was surprisingly good. It's been a long time since I've been to a movie where I am on the edge of my seat going, oh, I'm nervous for the people. Are they going to live? Are they going to die? It was very suspenseful. Not horror. No, not very many jump starts. But the whole time it's like, are they going to make it? So what else do you have for that's entertainment? I have started my yearly rewatch of Buffy. Uh, I always started about this time. It starts out all fun and bouncy and um, silly in January. Then by the time it gets to the deep and depressing in February and the weather's all bad and then Buffy and I can end up being all depressed together. <laughs> now looking at it this time because I know that you haven't seen it. You still haven't seen it, right? I still haven't, no. So The first three episodes are terrible. They're really, really bad. Uh, Four is okay. It starts getting good around episode five. However, the first three episodes introduce all the main characters. And I am torn on whether you can, you know, skip them and just jump in when it starts getting good. Or if you need to suffer through the time to get through the bad to get through the good. Now it's by Joss Wheaton, so it is really, really good. Right? Uh-huh. Also, every year I listen to the Jim Butcher Dresden File audiobooks. And I started those early this year. That's usually a summer project for me. But I started them early this year uh, for two reasons. One is an actor, the actor that plays Spike in Buffy is the um, reader of the audiobook. Huh. I and uh huh. And he is such a good reader. Oh, just listening to him like makes my toes curl. The fact that I'm watching him on Buffy, hearing, seeing him when he's young, and young means 
30, um, even though he's playing, I guess as a vampire, he's not a high schooler. But mm. so he's young on the show. He's 30. When he's reading the books, he's older. So the voice is matured. Uh -huh. uh, but it fits into each other. The Another reason why I'm doing it now instead of um, waiting until summer is Jim Butcher finally put on his blog that he has sent his new book, book number 16 of the series, to editing. That's exciting. It is so exciting for me. So his books are good. I would have never have found him if it hadn't been for the audiobooks. His books are good. The audiobooks are amazing. The fact that it's read by James Marshter is what makes it throw into all of that though a gem lives about see i'm calling him by his first name he's <laughs> local he lives in independence he lives about 20 minutes from my house uh-huh i won't lie i've thought about looking him up online and driving <laughs> past his house Just and see? standing there to get a photo opportunity <laughs> with my knitting in one of his books but i figured that's weird and creepy so i haven't a little bit, but maybe you could wait. <laughs> if he hears the podcast, he might reach out. So instead, I stalk him at the local comic cons and I go to his book signings. And I'm not positive he's local because the last time I went to um, one of his local speaking engagements, he was building a cabin in Colorado because oh, uh -huh. his... his um, girlfriends from there. I don't know cabin, you know, back and forth. Cabin moved there forever. The Wikipedia page says he's still local, but I'm not sure he is. Huh. I've never listened to them. I actually read them a few years ago when you mentioned them. Mm -hmm. um, and so I read through all the ones I could get my hands on, the physical books. That's before I started reading stuff on my phone. I didn't realize he still had more coming out. That's exciting. Yeah, he's in contract for, I believe, 22. I did not know that. Uh huh. Um, yeah. Which means that he has an arc to follow. And as long as he doesn't fall down like some other authors out there, and he actually finishes art, you know, that means he's building up to something. Uh, so that actually brings me back to the audiobook book by Buzzy Multimedia Publishing. It is no longer in publishing. So to listen to Stormfront like I'm doing now, you're going to have to check it out from your library, which I can do if your library has it. Mine does. Mm -hmm. So that one um, is one I do not have on DVD or an MP3 file because I wasn't able to buy it. So I have to check it out whenever I want it. So I log into my library site. If nobody else has uh, checked it out at that time because they don't have very many copies, I check it out from home. It loads up onto my phone from home. I never walk into the library. I have the audiobook for three weeks. And if I um, don't finish it, or if I do, anyway, it disappears. Uh -huh. uh, that is great. Now, the first book, which with that, I really feel like you have to start with book number one. The editing quality is not very good. Um, they definitely, even though they have a high-end actor reading it, the they did it on the cheap. They didn't take out the mouth noises and um, um, breathing. So mm -hmm. by book two, there's a better editing job, but I think it's worth it anyway. Or read book one and then start listening in book two. Hmm. Yeah, that's cool. You know, the book club I was talking about, speaking of the local libraries, there is um, regional book club kit that you can get through interlibrary loan that's how we're talking about doing it you get you walk to the you walk into the library and you pick up a physical tote 
full of anywhere from six to 20 copies of a book. Uh-huh. Nobody has to buy them. Uh-huh. You have them checked out for, you know, slightly more than four weeks because they know that you're going to send them, give them to people and meet about once a month. Uh-huh. Um, and then whoever picked up the tote is in charge of then returning the tote to your local library. I didn't know that was a thing. That is so cool. I um, did not know that was a thing either. Yeah, I'm excited. When you said regional, are they books you choose, books they choose? Are they regional authors? Um, it's books that the regional libraries have. And I okay. suppose each area is going to have a different um, a number of books, a different uh -huh. type of books. The list that I saw for my area is 30 pages long. I actually haven't sifted through the whole thing yet. There's some older ones like, you know, To Kill a Mockingbird and that mm -hmm. kind of stuff, but there's some more recent ones too. And I was hoping to start with more recent books. And so I need to go back through the list, but 30 pages, I don't have a lot of time. I haven't yeah. made it. Yep. Okay. So that is it when it comes to the media I've been consuming. Next up on that is board games. Yeah. And, and their knitability. Um, we're going to start giving board games a rank um, of zero with no time to knit at all, all the way up to 10 with time to finish half a sock during the game. Okay. Do you want to, what have you been playing? Sure. All of my stuff fits t together today. The, what I've been playing, I have two different games here. One is Legendary Buffy of the Vampire Slayer. It is shockingly fun to play. A lot of times when a game is based off of a TV show, it's not great. I'm looking at you, Firefly. Um, <laughs> I still haven't played that. <laughs> I don't know if it's the people I played with or the rules or um, I hated all eight hours of it. You know, the Star Trek game is long. <laughs> now that you say that. Huh, that's interesting. Okay. So this one, though, it's made by Legendary, and it is it was very easy to learn because it plays similarly, if not exactly the same as all other Legendary games out there. It's a card drafting game. Uh, I know the the most common Legendary. I think the one you've played is the Marvel. Mm -hmm. one. Yeah, we have that one. Yeah, the younger boy got it for a Christmas present. Uh huh. It's a card drafting game. The knitting score on it, I'm actually giving it a, a five because while you do have cards in your hand, which I lay down, uh, my family thinks about it before they come around back to me. So I have time to knit in between turns. And did I miss anything here? Uh, I did want to bring up that I should define what a drafting game is. And a drafting game is when players pick cards from a limited subset and they gain some advantage and they assemble the cards that are used to meet objectives to the game. And the reason why I wanted to bring that up and what a drafting game is because my brother just gave me the Dresden Files Cooperative Card Game. Huh. I know. I didn't know that existed. <laughs> it does. I've seen it on the website for a long time. And I love cooperative games. But right. I always looked at this and went, eh, I don't know. Again, back to the Firefly game, right. which is taking up space on my shelf. Well, this game gets a score of two. Knitability score? Knitability score of two because it is very fast. 
and I've only played it once and I was confused the whole time because I was trying to understand it as a drafting game and it just never worked out for me. So when I was doing the show notes, uh, it was listed as a hand management game. That's the reason why it wasn't working for me is I wasn't playing the right mechanic. A hand management game is where cards are played in a sequence or a specific order for um, benefits of the player's position. So you have a certain number of cards and you need to play them right because uh, Dresden is a private detective. So in the game, you're trying to solve the case. Right. And you have to decide. It's less, even though you do choose which cards you get or draw them randomly, it's less about building your deck and more about the order you play your cards in. I've only played once. And now that I know the difference in between a drafting game and a uh, a hand management game and that they're different things, I'm excited to go back and play it again to see if I enjoyed it. Because the first time I didn't, neither enjoyed it nor not enjoyed it i was just confused right Uh uh-huh yeah i'll be interested to hear what you find out yes um my game is that we played recently is terra mystica um and this one's fun we take turns in our family picking games and it was i actually picked it on my turn which is um there's not a lot of games i can say that about but it's a strategy game with terraforming and tile placement and you you build your buildings and you have workers and you have income and you can only do specific things if you have enough workers and income. And that can be really frustrating because it's hard to get the workers and the income, but I enjoy playing it. And I'm going to give it a nitability of six. That's if I get a race of people that I already know what their special abilities is. Um, sometimes we'll randomly pick what groups of people we're playing and the knitability score would go way down for that because I don't know what all of the groups can do and mm-hmm. I'd have to be reading rules a lot. But I really enjoy that game. And it's complicated enough that the older teen boy also enjoys it and it's quick enough that the younger teen boy does not get frustrated. So it's a pretty good good, good game. I've played it once or twice at the local game store, but not enough that I could you know, just sit down and play it. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, so is that at the end of board games? It is. Okay, this is a good spot for a break. Please join us next time for the second half of this conversation about us and our origin stories. 